0: You're listening
1: to the Keep Optimizing Podcast
0: to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you are looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you have tuned in to the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it's super cool to have you tuning in. So thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'm talking to Shauna about your team and how to run your marketing team. Because this month, we're all about getting your e-commerce marketing foundations in place. Something we learned in 2020 is that those businesses who have the right foundations in place are the ones who are going to survive and thrive and adapt to challenging circumstances far more easily, far faster, far more successfully than those who don't have the right foundations in place. Last time we talked about getting your tech stack right. And almost as important, or maybe even more important than having the right tech stack in place, is the foundation of running a successful team. And one of the things you have to get right is how your team functions who's on it, who's doing what, what sort of team you've got you using agencies, is it in house staff, is it freelancers, VAs around the world, that's virtual assistants, how you're doing it. So there's lots of angles we could have covered on Teams. But something which we've had to do, whether we wanted to or not in 2020, is to get used to ourselves working remotely and also managing Teams remotely. So I figured that would be absolutely the best topic we could cover when it comes to getting your Team Foundations right. How do we work successfully without being sat in the same room? Which of course applies whether you're using freelancers or whether it's your own team or whatever it is, however you're structuring that team, it's all all about working effectively. And these days that really does mean remotely. So I've got us an expert, an absolute expert at this, as she will explain very shortly, on how to go about operating remotely, successfully, and not stressfully. Um, so we're going to get into that in a very quick second. But before we do, please do check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com/masterplan. That's k-l-a-v-i-y-o.com/masterplan. Master plan. Today I'm chatting with remote working expert Shauna Morn. Shauna spent four years working in partnership for e-commerce site platforms Shopify and Kumo before founding her own business, Operate Remote, in 2018 to help businesses create remote working environments that create highly engaged and productive teams. Now, although Operate Remote has only been around for a couple of years, it's already been named one of the top 10 leadership development coaching companies in Europe. Hello, Shauna. Hi, Chloe. How are you? I'm good and congrats on the award. That's really cool. Thank
1: you so much yeah we're very proud of that.
0: I would be too. Uh, amazing achievement. Well let, let's let's get get straight into it. How did you end up going from managing partnerships at Shopify to launching your own remote working consultancy?
1: I know I know it's a, it's a crazy stark contrast but it does have an overlap. So when I was managing partnerships at Shopify I was working remotely from Ireland. And I was working with a team that were based across eight to nine different time zones. And I was also reporting into Shopify's head office, which is in Canada. So it was a very complex working environment. And and many years ago, when I was doing that, Shopify was not digital by default, which they are now because everyone's working remotely. So there was a lot of challenges and complexities when it came to communication, when it came to engagement, building relationships performance management within the team. And on a personal level, um, you know, I went through my own challenges as a remote worker uh, around time management, how to prioritize, how to manage my day, you know, how to create that flexibility that best serves me, but still get everything done and manage different time zones. So I was left with a lot of questions. And when I'm left with a lot of questions, I decide to empower myself with knowledge. And that's exactly what I did. I went back to university while I was at Shopify, studied innovation management, and based all of my research around remote teams. And what was really interesting was a lot of these partners were coming to me with the exact same challenges that we were having on our team. And even more so in the e-commerce space, one of the biggest challenges for them was how do I attract and retain talent in one specific location? So remote working and distributed teams made a lot of sense for them, but they just didn't know how to do it. So that's where the idea from Operate Remote came from, was from the research, the strategies that I created, and from the conversations and from the needs of the e-commerce ecosystem. And then quite quickly on, what I realized was from consulting with all of these partners and these businesses around how to work remotely, what I realized was oftentimes what held people back from being really effective, whether it's as an individual or as a leader in remote working was oftentimes their mindset. And that's where I decided to go back and again, qualify as an executive coach. So now we specialize in both. We do the consultancy and we do the leadership development and the coaching because That's the stuff that sticks for the long term, especially in an ever changing, ever growing, ever evolving
0: world world that we're in. So, I love about you. There's kind of like the two big parts of it. There's the how to the kind of the nuts and bolts, and then there's the how to make it successful with that mindset piece. Which would you say is the most difficult to get right, or or which one should we spend most? What percentage of our time should we spend working on each? I suppose.
1: So that's a really great question. I think the most difficult one for people is the mindset approach to remote working. There's a difference between being able to work remotely and being effective at remote working. And I think this year, 2020 has, or, or sorry, last year, that year had, has proven to everybody that it's quite possible we can all work remotely and do our jobs you know we can get things done but what the challenges of 2020 2020- has shown us is that not everybody can do that effectively. So the challenges around burnout, you know, seven out of 10 working professionals have been burnt out in 2020 from working from home. Um, On average, those of us working from home are clocking up an extra 28 hours a month, which equates to about four days. That study was done in the summer of 2020 um, with uh, LinkedIn in partnership with the Mental Health Foundation. So that is telling us that people don't have the self-awareness or the coping strategies to deal with the complexities of working from home. And not only that, Chloe, but even existing remote workers, and I know you might be able to speak to this, is we haven't had our usual coping strategies or usual routines you know you and i we would have been traveling quite a bit that would have been a huge part of us you know having that mix and that variety we would have gone to coffee shops maybe co-working spaces going to the gym that's all been taken away so it's been a very very different um story happening around remote working very different to 2019
0: yeah it's it's it, from from my perspective it's been interesting because as you said I I usually work from home apart from when I'm travelling somewhere for some reason or other which you know I do slightly miss my time on trains. Yeah. Um and I have had calls with with other people in similar situations who who are usually doing a lot of travelling who have started renting a hotel room to work in but just just for the change of space which is kind of crazy but but it makes sense. But I think the thing which is kind of building on that the thing which has struck me most is that i heard a couple of people say to me, you must be kind of sitting there looking at the rest of us going, ha, 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 you're all having to struggle with remote work. It's like, I am definitely not going, ha, ha, ha. I'm going, oh my God, I wanted to work from home. I wanted to be on my own, in my office, on my own. And I spent five, or I have spent five, six years tweaking and changing that process. And the first few weeks I did it, I was still in the office for one day, a week um, and and I was I'd built a whole system up ready I'd prepped the team we'd prepped the systems you know we must have spent a good three months getting ready for me working from home and then we've spent you know months and months optimizing tweaking with the full option of catching up available to us. And even when we got to the point where I was never going to the office, we'd still meet up and have a full day once a quarter where we would all be in the same room and brainstorm and strategize and just catch up. So I I have the most huge sympathy for anyone who's who's having to do this, whether they wanted to or didn't with no notice. No notice. And
1: with, you know, maybe small kids, big kids at home animals, maybe you're working on your own, in your own apartment, you don't see anybody, you know, or maybe you have, you're sharing a house with loads of other people and you're trying to find a space, a quiet space to work in. The humans behind the screen today are, you know, they're going through a lot more than we've ever had to go through when we've worked remotely, you know, and, and I think it's a really important to say that too.
0: What have you, because you've been speaking to a lot of people in the last 12 months who've been Suddenly working from home when they maybe wanted to, maybe didn't want to. What are the key challenges that you're seeing? You know, the kind of like what are the top three things, I suppose, that people are are struggling with the most?
1: So, the top three things, I suppose, the, the number one thing that I see time and time again is time management. And people are spending so many hours every day, every week, every month on calls. So what a lot of teams and businesses have done is they've tried to replicate the office environment. So they're asking for meetings all of the time. Now, what they don't know is that in remote teams, there's two ways of communicating and you need to change how you communicate. There's synchronous communication, like what we're doing here together today. Chloe, in real time, we're communicating exactly like having a meeting. Um that's synchronous communication and then there's asynchronous communication and that is in delayed time. So that is when your listeners are going to listen back to this episode at a time that suits them. It's when we send a colleague a Slack message or an email or a Loom video giving them an update. Um, that is in delayed time. So the biggest mistake that teams are making now is that they're only communicating in synchronous communication styles. So they're asking for meeting after meeting after meeting when they don't actually get curious as to how can we communicate this message or this update or have this conversation in a more effective way for everybody to save everybody time. So what and, and look, this leads then to people feeling overwhelmed. They're Zoom fatigued. They're not coming to the table with new ideas because they're absolutely exhausted. You know, they're burnt out and everyone, you know, it's just never ending. That to-do list, six hours on on Zoom meetings all day and it's more things added to your to-do list. When does it end? It doesn't. So that's the biggest thing. And that's something that I work a lot with teams on is bringing asynchronous in to what they do so that they can save everybody time and be more respectful of time. You know, as a, as a company, culture we need to respect everybody's time and it's as simple as even if you know you're asking somebody on your team a question it's to make sure that that question is very well written that it includes uh, an example of what you're looking for that it has details that it has a time frame that it has a very specific ask or request instead of sending them down a rabbit hole where they have to ask you 10 questions back to actually get you know, the the question in the first place. So it sounds so simple, but it's so common. People aren't putting that effort into that written communication, that asynchronous communication. So deciding as a team and just to start small, you know, what can we move to async? I worked with a team recently that had 10 of their team members on a daily stand up every morning. Very common, especially in, in the world that we're in, in e-commerce. Um and daily stand-ups is he- very important in terms of projects and how things are running. But what they found was they were going on for 45 minutes and sometimes nearly an hour every morning, you know. And yeah, that, that's not uh, a daily stand up, is uh, it? It's not a stand up. It? <laughs> so what they did uh, and like multiply that by by 10 people, you know, that's 10 hours every day of people's it's time. A
0: very expensive
1: meeting, yeah. Very expensive. But people don't put the cost against it. Mm. You know, so put the cost against it, then you're going to change it. Um, So what we did was we, you know, automated that in Slack. Now, what we found was that time for them together as a team every morning was really important. But instead of discussing what I've done or what I'm planning to do, they discussed the blockers. So the updates were given in Slack. It was all automated so they could read everything. They could be informed. It was very transparent. But then they would get on a 30 minute call and brainstorm blockers together. So they were starting the day off with an innovative mindset, high engagement, problem solving, and it kind of set the momentum for the day. So the team still really valued that. And obviously getting together interpersonally was super important connectivity. That's one example and it's not going to work for everyone because maybe not everybody has daily stand-ups, but start getting curious as to even you yourself, your own calendar. Do you have reoccurring meetings in there that maybe don't serve a purpose, that don't have an agenda? Maybe it might make sense to do a couple of Loom video updates. What is a
0: Loom video update?
1: A Loom video update. I should explain that. So Loom is a free technology. You can install it on your browser. It is a game changer. And you can share your camera, you can share your screen and your voice. So if you are even working on a document, some kind of project, it's great that you're able to just share that, give a quick update maybe of what you've worked on, what are your questions, and you can send that to somebody so they can watch it in a time that suits them. So it's a free tool. Um, would definitely recommend it. So it's another way of us communicating asynchronously.
0: Nice. And is that L-O-O-M? It is. So, okay, cool. So we, we had our first one was the time management, which is about thinking about the synchronous and the asynchronous communication. So what's the second biggest challenge you've seen amongst people?
1: The second one, I think as individuals would be around that self-awareness piece and I suppose because, you know, people are so busy now, they fail to actually tap into their own self-awareness as to when they work best, how they work best, what works for them. You're given an oppor- You're given an opportunity now with remote working to really find out what works for you remotely. So for example, you know, for years we've been chained to the nine to five. Hopefully now you have a little bit more flexibility with when you work. And, And oftentimes when I ask people this question, when, when do you work at your best? They don't know. You know, I ask them, what are the things that you do to make you feel at your best? What's your morning routine to make you feel at your best? What do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? What's your coping strategy? What do you do when you are overworking or maybe when you're procrastinating? And this is something that we all have to commit to. And it's it's ever changing. I've had to change my coping strategies a lot this year. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> but that's what's going to serve us for the long term. What I see within companies is, you know, leaders are trying to fix these challenges for their team. So they're saying, well, try this. We'll try that, you know, try this strategy or try, try this new habit. That's not going to work because it's, you know, it's not something that they've created themselves. So people need to find their own unique solutions. There's no one size fits all with this stuff. What works for me may not work for you. And what works for you is not going to work for me. So developing that self-awareness, it's an emotional intelligence skill. You know, so emotional intelligence, how we... Manage your own emotions, how we socially connect with one another, and imagine—you um, uh, know—manage the emotions of the world. Like it's an emotional intelligence skill, and the skill can be developed. So we need to just tap into that. And I think the quickest way you can do with starting from today is just to reflect every day: what went well today, what didn't go well today, and what can I change tomorrow based on that.
0: Such good advice. And is there? within that because you know it's saying about how people need to get get in tune with themselves and what works for them you know like I, I can imagine you know it naturally comes if you're sat in the office and you're feeling a little bit frazzled you walk and make yourself a cup of coffee and have a random natter with someone but you can't do that when you're at home um so I totally get that the one thing which I've always always often hear people saying when they're working from home is that And you, you know, you said about how we're apparently working twenty eight extra hours a month, which is insane. Um, Is that, that the time just bleeds? Either because you end up doing the washing or the laundry at some point. Oh, just do the laundry, and then that actually takes half an hour. So you end up working half an hour later, and the time just kind of bleeds. And I find I do this a lot. You know, every few months I have to go. Actually stop it you keep working till 7 stop working till 7 bring it back till 6 because you don't need to work till 7 and it kind of bleeds which which some people swear by working whenever they want but i always find it's easier if i try and keep it to monday to friday is that am i unusual is that normal should we be trying to set some boundaries boundaries are so important you were absolutely normal and you like I'm very
1: much the same as you I have to like I don't work weekends you know I try and actually stick to a four-day week I you know as I was saying to you this morning I had a call at 7 a.m because I work across different time zones and you know when I say that to people they're like oh my gosh but I have my calendar set in a way that at you know, two 30, I'm going to bring the dog to the beach and switch off for the evening. So it's actually fine. And I know that works for me because I know I'm a morning person and I know at 6am, my brain is on ready to go. And that's when I'll do my best work. So that's taken years to get me to that, to that level. Of, of kind of self-awareness. And, you know, I do a lot of work on myself and, and a lot of coaching as a coach. I get coaching a lot, but we can self-coach through a lot of this. So just tapping into some of those, tapping into, okay, if you're working across different time zones, you know, what are some boundaries that you need to put in place? Boundaries are a really important one. And it's I mean, I have this conversation nearly every week with teams and even different presentations I'm doing. And I just say, start with one boundary. So maybe that one boundary that you're going to start this week is that you're going to switch off at 6 p.m. Okay, great. What does that look like? What do I need to do in order to finish at 6 p.m.? What does that wind down routine look like? If I'm working in the one space, what does that wind down routine look like? I personally love one where I tap into five senses How can you change what you see? How can you change what you hear, you know, what you touch, what you taste, what you smell? So, you know, putting on a diffuser or, you know, having a cup of chamomile tea or silence or, you know, getting out in a bit of fresh air. So what can you do as a wind down routine? Just like a baby needs a bedtime routine. We need that for when we're working remotely. And then finally, who can hold you accountable to that boundary? You know, have you somebody at home? You know, I have my puppy. He holds me very accountable um, (laughs) to making sure I
0: switch off. I could almost hear people out there listening to this going, my husband, (laughs) he's always on at me. He's going to love being my accountability partner for this. Or the children, you know, if you've got kids, tell them you have to finish work at six. They will make you. (laughs) They will make
1: you do it. So find somebody, even if you're living on your own, you know, ask a colleague at work. The interesting thing with boundaries is we're always afraid to set them. And even you know, I I know a lot of your listeners will work directly with clients and have a lot of communications with clients and maybe team members. And what I often find with us when we're we're setting those boundaries is, oh, what will they say? Will they get mad? Will this be OK? You know, can I tell them that, sorry, I'm not available now or these are the times I am available? So, you know, I think we have to kind of gradually step into that by setting those kind of realistic smaller boundaries. And then understanding that, look, it's very, they're healthy boundaries. They're called healthy boundaries for a reason. And working on that communication, oftentimes when I work with clients around setting these boundaries, once they say to their clients, look, you know, these are the times I'm working and this, these are the times I'm available to make sure that I'm really, you know, going to um, deliver exceptional service. This is why I'm doing it. Everybody's fine. You know, even if it's a team, look, I actually log off at 6 p.m. And uh, I, I don't have my phone on uh, at all. I have I don't have Slack on my phone. I don't have emails on my phone. If there's an emergency, we're not, you know, heart surgeons. But if there's an emergency, call my mobile after work hours. But I don't expect don't ex- please don't expect to hear from me until, you know, I log on again at 9 a.m. So we need to communicate the boundaries as well um, with our team, especially if we're changing you know, our, our levels of availability. You know, if, if you've been the person that has constantly been there to reply straight away to your clients, to your team, to whoever, and you change that overnight, you're going to have to communicate that to, to them in a way that they can understand why this change has happened. So, but it can be done and it's not as scary as you think.
0: No, and, and actually, uh, having done a lot of boundary setting to myself over the years, things tend to get better. Every time I set a boundary within a couple of weeks I'm like, "Oh, why didn't I do that before?" The work is better, life is better, everything becomes better. But um Shana, we've done we've done two of your challenges and something which we haven't yet yet talked about is the boss or how you you are the boss of a team. So so may I suggest that maybe our third one has something to do with being the boss or managing the boss maybe. Yes, yes. Well,
1: we are very aligned because the last challenge um, that's really important and mostly focuses on leadership is around performance management. And it's again looking at that old office mentality where we might judge or base performance or um, workloads by how much time people are sitting at their desks. Yeah. You know, so somebody's in the office at nine. Okay, great. They had the hour lunch break. They're gone at five. It doesn't work like that anymore. You know, if you're remote working, you give people flexibility, you give them that flexibility so that they can perform at their best and whatever time they're at their best. And that means when we're looking at performance management, we need to measure that on output as opposed to input of the amount of hours. So instead of asking your team, OK, have you done your 40 hours this week? OK, so you're online from eight to five today. That doesn't matter anymore. What you need to be doing is what's the output from this week? And what's that like? Talk to me about that output. What are the deliverables? So just like in a lot of e-commerce proposals and projects, we're looking at the deliverables. We need to do the exact same thing with our team members. So, you know, and it comes down to trust a lot of this. And I, I see this time and time again is that leaders don't trust trust they lack that trust within their team working from home. You know, if, if that trust is, is lacking, then you've definitely got a bigger issue on your hands. Um, either, you know, you've a massive, massive blocker or blind spot as a leader that you need to work on, or maybe you're not clearly communicating those expectations around your team and you don't have those kind of check-in points and, and conversations that need to happen. Um, or you've, really just hired the wrong people, which is probably not the case. You know, it's it's probably a mixture of those leadership blind spots. So as leaders, we need to develop ourselves and our mindset blockers around it. I mean, I just had a conversation this morning with a CEO who's a friend of mine, and he said to me, you know what, John, in the office, I um I really. Uh, you know, used to kind of walk with people and spend a bit of time with them and pop over to their desk and hear how they're doing. And I don't know how things are going in their lives now. And we kind of coached around it for a while and discussed, Okay, well, what's the impact of that? And really, it just came down to him wanting to show he cared. And also that he kind of just wanted to make sure that he knew what was going on so he would have a sense of control so it was a little bit of a blind spot that he had and it's it's not working anymore so there's two things he wants to come across like he cares okay he needs to learn how to do that remotely at scale his team has grown a lot but secondly he needs to understand that you know we can't we don't have that level of control as leaders we've never had that level of control it's all been yeah. an illusion <laughs> um you know and we need to we need to wholeheartedly trust people that yes, they will come to you when there's a problem. And they will come to you when there's something wrong. We need to have that open door approach and introduce like things like mutual accountability and mutual responsibility where we say, look, you know, here's the KPIs or here are the goals for this quarter. Here's the expectations. Does it make sense? How can I support you? What are your questions? OK, great. So we agree on that. We agree on X, Y and Z. Let's introduce mutual accountability. So if anything changes from my side or from the leadership side, I will let you know ASAP. And I expect the same from from you. If you can't achieve this, if something's going on personally, or you're struggling to prioritize this, or you've come up against a blocker, I expect you to come to me as well, and you know let me know that because that's the way we're going to work here. So we have to start introducing that trust and accountability into the teams remotely.
0: It strikes me that that's probably one of the hardest things to do in a company. Is if you've if you've recruited people without prioritizing your own ability to trust them or their ability to be trustworthy which you know you could kind of ignore if you can see them 24 you know not 24/7 but for the 8 hours they're sat there in the office that must be one of the one of the big, most difficult challenges to overcome
1: it is it's it's nearly like fast tracking trust you know we we have to do that in remote environments and i like to think of it like an iphone battery So think about, you know, it's green when it's full, it's on the red, it's on, I don't know if it goes amber, but you know the way the battery looks on the iPhone or on any phone. When we hire somebody and we need to build a hiring process that we trust and and an interviewing process that we trust, when we hire somebody, that battery should be full at about, you know, 60, 70% when we make that hire and we bring somebody onto our team. And then that other 20, 30%, we need to decide as leaders, how that trust is built. And we need to communicate that with this team member, you know, so this is how trust is built within this organization. And that's done through a mixture of, you know, mutual accountability, you know, following on expectations, having those conversations. Um, You know, it's not necessarily just about achievement or hitting goals or KPIs. It's, It's the stuff in between, right? Like it's the, you know what, I'll just send a quick email or an update on this particular project because I know the team will probably get a lot from this. You know, that's how trust is built. So start having those conversations. And I think as a leader, what the most important thing you can do is spend some time reflecting on how do I see trust being built within my team? What are the things that are important to me? And then why am I getting so frustrated at that person and that person? What's lacking there around trust? And how can I have that conversation with them around my expectation? Because that's the thing with leaders in remote teams is when they're frustrated and they feel like they can't trust their team members, oftentimes it's because they don't know what, what they're expecting from them or they haven't communicated those expectations. You know, like I've, I had a leader recently and he was so frustrated and peed off because his team weren't turning on their video cameras now he had made up a story in his head that they're not really working and you know they're they're half listening to me on this call and they're not they're not engaged and you know so he had built this up over a couple of weeks so he was super frustrated but when i brought him back down to earth have you communicated your expectation around video cameras no <laughs> okay why is that important to you yeah like why is that important to you well it's important to me because I miss my team and I feel lonely and I want to make sure that we're connected. It's the only time we get to hang out together is once a week on a team call and I want to see them. I want to see that they're okay. So it, it, oftentimes it comes from a place of really positive values and positive intent, but because we haven't dealt with that or communicated that or addressed it, it come, It turns into something really nasty and negative. So going back to that and looking at the why, why do you have that expectation? How can you communicate it in a way that comes across, you know, that you care, if that makes sense?
0: That makes total sense. And, and Shauna, that has been an amazing set of advice we've gone through there, which I'm sure is going to make everyone's lives a lot better in the coming weeks and months. Well, look, We're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to be talking about the wider world of e-commerce. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, Platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit Klaviyo.com/masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com/masterplan. Okay, Shauna. So far, we've gone deep into how to deal with remote working. Um, now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge of the whole world of e-commerce, marketing, and the foundations. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with e-commerce, marketing, etc., cetera, um, which does, of course, include managing remote teams. So, Shauna, are you ready for these, uh, for these tips? Yes, let's go for it. Okay, uh, let's start with newbie advice. We've inspired someone to kind of, I guess, take their first step with improving things in their business today. What do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success?
1: I would go back to what I said a little bit earlier around self-awareness and developing yourself personally. And one of my favorite quotes is by Jim Rohn. And it says, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because." success is something you attract by the person you become. So do the work. Don't, you know, look past the work that you can do on yourself, whether that's from a leadership perspective or an individual contributor perspective, it doesn't matter. Do the work, take the time to do that and give yourself that gift um, of doing that work on yourself.
0: Oh, good answer. Um, Okay, once we've started to improve things, of course, we've got to keep optimizing our teams. So what's your favorite way to improve team performance?
1: I am a big fan of putting it out to the team because the leader isn't always right and doesn't have all the ideas. So one of my favorite activities, which you can do on your team, is to take a concept like communication, maybe one of the biggest challenges you have, and do a stop, start, continue. What can we stop doing around communication on our team? What should we start doing and what should we continue doing? And generate all of those ideas on your team and all of that feedback and then create some action plans from that and next steps.
0: Nice. I like that. Ask the team. So it's, it's like uh, in e-commerce where we're saying the answer lies with the customers. In your business, the answer lies with your team. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Um, if someone listening wants to learn more about everything we've been talking about, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend them to, to get a hold of?
1: Yes. I would love to give you guys, I have a free guide around asynchronous communication. It has five tips that you can implement straight away to reduce the number of meetings that you have within your team, um, within your own calendar. So if anybody's interested in that, they can send me a DM anywhere on LinkedIn, or they can send me an email on info at operateremote.com and I can send it over.
0: And that goes back to what we were talking about with that first challenge of time management and calls and the synchronous versus the asynchronous. And the asynchronous is where we're all in the same meeting and the synchronous is when we're using Slack. Asynchronous
1: is when we are in Slack and in delayed time. And synchronous is when we're in real time. They're fancy words, you know, uh, even just real time, delayed time. You know, Um, it's how can we reduce that? Because oh, nobody wants that many meetings. Like,
0: no, I, I spoke to one person early on in lockdown who who had counted up how many people she'd been in a Zoom call with the previous day. And it was over 30. Oh, well, she she was like, I know why I'm tired. I'm like, yeah, I bet you do know why you're tired. Okay. So this is the guide to, to avoiding 30 people in Zoom calls in a day, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know,
1: giving yourself the gift of meeting free days where you can actually focus and get work done and just be that little bit more flexible. You don't have to put on a nice top or, you know, any of that, right. It's just that relax. You can just get your work done and be in the flow. Like how many times have you been in the flow and you've been interrupted by a meeting request coming through? Like it's, And then it's another one and another one. And then you're trying to get lunch in between and do everything. And next thing, it's 6pm and your to-do list is overflooded and you didn't get anything you wanted to get done, done that day. So, you know, it's, we need to change the mindset of that everywhere in every single organization.
0: Love it. So, so guys, you can get, um, Shauna's free guide to, Getting your asynchronous comms working um, by dropping her an email or a DM, and we'll put links to all that in the uh, in the show notes. So that's a that's a top answer to that question. So it's time for the last question now, which is it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to twelve months? We should be getting ready for.
1: Good question. Remote working isn't going anywhere, so even though we might be dangling the carrot of getting back in person in the future. And yes, I do hope that that happens. Absolutely. But what's happening is the, the you know, the, the way that we work forever has changed. And even if your business, your team will be having some kind of a hybrid approach where they work remotely and in the office, you're going to have to give more flexible options to your to your staff it's never going to be the same as it was pre covid so what that means is do the work now put the time into invest in having these conversations finding the best tools and technologies building out the leadership skills um setting the expectations with the team running different brainstorming meetings because it will only continue to pay off you know, it's not that it's, you're going to do this work and next year, you know, it's it's going to be gone forever. It will continue to pay off because even if you're working in a hybrid environment, you still need remote first processes. So that's the way that it is. So I think crystal ball wise,
0: that's it. Yeah, we need to get these skills if we're going to work effectively in the future. Well, look, Shauna, we are nearly at the end of the show. So could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please?
1: I will indeed. Yeah. So you can find me at Shauna Mourn. I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. So you can add me there. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, or you can head to our website. It's www.operateremote.com.
0: Excellent. Well, guys, there you can find um, everything Shauna's up to. Um, Shauna, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You have given us a lot to think about and some great tips about reducing the complexity and the challenge of this new world we find ourselves in. So um, so thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. It's, it's been a, been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you so much, Chloe. I hope I didn't speak at a million miles an hour the whole time because I feel like I was, but it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: You were absolutely brilliant. Thanks, Shonda. <laughs> thanks. Well, I did say at the beginning that Shauna is an expert in operating remotely. And wow, didn't she just give us loads then. If you're trying to find her online, um, Moran, uh, as she pronounces her surname, is spelt M-O-R-A-N and Shauna is S-H-A-U-N-N. So if you're looking for her, that's how to spell it. Um, now, she went through those three challenges and how to overcome them. The first of which was time management, which we deal with by getting a grip on what should happen asynchronously and what should happen synchronously. Um, and of course, she offered that great free ebook on how to how to manage that and how to, to make the shift. Something which I think works even if you're sitting in the same office as people, to be honest. It's a good skill to have. Um, she, we then talked about becoming self-aware and understanding how to make that situation work for you. And of course, the importance of setting boundaries and then performance management, how leaders, how your managers, how you need to adapt to make it work better for your team, to get that focus on task, not on time. So lots about trust there too. So loads and loads we've learned in this episode. And you can find the links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes, and much more at keepoptimizing.com, which of course is spelt with an S and not a Z. Now this month, we are going to be unashamedly adding a lot to your to-do list. And the key thing with a to-do list is to work out what you should do, what's going to make the biggest impact, what's the most important thing you should be working on, not just what you could be working on. Because the list of what we could be working on, let's be honest, is massive um, and undoable, quite frankly. So to help you with all of that, in the first week of February, we are going to be hosting a very special 2021 planning webinar once you've got those January sales out of the way, you've had a chance to listen to the episodes we're sending your way to help you work out what you might want to do in 2021. We are going to run this webinar to take you through the process of working out what that plan is that's going to enable you to hit your goals in 2021. And it's not just going to be me on that webinar. I'm going to be joined by some very special guests sharing their tips and advice as well. We're going to reveal more about this as the month progresses. But right now, you can go and save your space for free at keepoptimizing.com forward slash webinar. Now, whilst this month here on the Keep Optimizing podcast, it's all about getting your marketing foundations right, over on Big Sister podcast, uh, e-commerce master plan, it's all about a January filled with our e-commerce growth series sponsored by Klaviyo. That's a month. Or January, right now is a month where I do. Um, I, I, I handpick the interviews and the guests, which are going to give you the best insight in how to grow your business right now. And we've got eight episodes in all, going live on Mondays and Thursdays, with uh, various retailers who've grown their businesses in all kinds of different ways. It really, as each episode really is an insight into a different way you could go about growing this year. And um, we're also talking to some experts too about key things, which probably should at least be considered as part of your strategy for 2021. So if you're really serious about growing your business in 2021, then I really do recommend you go and check out that podcast as well and those episodes. And you can hear all of that on your podcast app of choice. Just search e-commerce master plan. Or of course, head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will find out more. Well, look, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. I hope we've given you loads of ideas and clarity on how to make remote working work better for you and for your marketing team. And if you know someone who's looking to, you know, who's having trouble working remotely or who's looking to up their game in 2021, please do let them know about the show. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimising your marketing. Access
1: everything Keep Optimising at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S,
0: not a Z.